Want to experience Christ United like never before? Download our app today. You can watch live and previous messages, take sermon notes, get calendar updates, find giving options, and more. Just go to your app store and search Christ United. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on our church, check out ChristIsLove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at ChristUnitedMB. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Can you give God glory for what he's done? I'm, if you would just be seated in this moment, I'm Jeff, I'm lead pastor here. That song has so much power because it points into the most profound and powerful experience in the entire history of all creation. What God did in that moment as he spoke to his son, we don't know the exact words that he said, but Jesus having taken on the sin of the whole world, all creation was shaken by the fact that the created was being crucified, you know, by the creator was being crucified by the created. And, and, and it was just horrific what had happened over the past several days. And Jesus had been through the experience of taking on your sin and my sin and the father actually turning his back on him and him feeling the feeling of being forsaken. And that's where Jesus had been. He had been to hell, literally. And then when the father spoke, whatever he spoke, and I think that the writer of this song captured the heart of the father when he said, arise, my love. I mean, it just gives you chills, the power of that moment. And actually, the Bible says that there was a violent earthquake in that moment as God moves so powerfully. And God has, by what he has spoken throughout all of, of history, God speaking causes things to be. He actually spoke in this 14 billion light year universe came into existence just by him speaking it into existence. And when he spoke that to his son, what we do today is we remember that if it weren't for that, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, we as Christians are fools. We are absolute idiots. We're, we're lost in our sin. We're hopeless. But we celebrate the reality that God moved so powerfully and Jesus was raised from the dead. And so we try on Easter Sunday to kind of get jacked up and say, come on, that's something to celebrate, you know. And so while we join in with all the Easter bunnies and hiding eggs and all that kind of stuff, we come to church and we say, woohoo, you know, he's, he's alive. But as we do that, sometimes there's this feeling that even though we're celebrating all this power, and how many people here believe in him? Raise your hand if you believe he was raised from the dead. Fantastic. Now, as you believe that, how many people still, in spite of the fact that you believe in this enormous power of God in your own life, there is a lack of power, that you actually feel powerless over things, and you actually feel that you are buried yourself in this inability, this sense of hopelessness and powerlessness over things like Maybe it's over an illness you have or over an addiction or maybe over financial debt or maybe over your constant sense of greed for more or maybe over your depression or over your brokenness or broken relationships or your bitterness or just your sin. You feel powerless to overcome that thing which you kept telling yourself one day you would overcome 
And you're at that place, and yet today what God is saying is, look, this Easter Sunday, yes, I want you to remember the power that I displayed nearly 2,000 years ago, but I want you to understand that far more important is the power that came out of that day and is here for you today. It's what power He wants to bring to you today beyond what you ever thought possible And then it's not just what he spoke to his son that day, not just him saying to his son, arise, my love, but it is God speaking to you, and he is going to speak to you today. And he is going to say something deep in your soul and deep in your spirit and deep in your heart that is going to change your life forever. That's just how big this day is. And God's saying, yeah, right? And so he's saying, look, I want you to be ready because what I'm going to do is out of, the, out of the, the, the feeling of buried in hopelessness and the feeling of being buried in powerlessness, what I'm going to do is show you a power that's far greater than you ever thought possible. This is God saying to you, and I'm going to show you that what I have for you and for your life is far more than you ever imagined in terms of what I want to do in you. And so our prayer for you has been, my prayer for you has been, From the book of Ephesians in chapter 1, if you want to follow along and you have a Bible, starting in verse 17, and we're going to go through verse 23 before the morning is over, but it's so powerful. He begins by saying this, and this is truly how we feel for you. I keep asking that the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That's been our prayer, and that's our prayer this morning, that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened, that you'll begin to realize that there's far more here than I thought possible, that there is hope. There is a hope to which I've been called, and there is a power, a power beyond all the imaginations that I've ever had, and that is what God wants to bring to your life today. He goes on and says this, that power is like the working or is like the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. The power that God exerted, here's the thing, is God saying the very same power that took Jesus from the grave and raised him to life, that very same power that spoke this universe into order, that power I want to bring now to your life. God is saying, I want to bring you a power, so be ready. So he says, when he says that it was like the power that, that he used to raise him from the dead, you don't really get the picture because I think all we think on is going back to seeing a, a stone rolled away. And we say, okay, so somebody came back to life. And somehow we don't get our head around just the enormous significance of what God is saying when he says that this power that I have for you, it's going to change. That's what he says. He says, that power... It's like the mighty strength that he exercised when he raised Christ or exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion. Now, if you're like me, the first time I ever heard that, it's like, now you're out of my league. 
Now you're talking about things I don't even understand. Seated him at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion. What's he talking about? You don't realize it, but you know exactly what he's talking about. You've known about rule and authority, power and dominion your whole life. As a little kid, you realize the rule and authority of dad, right? You realize the power of mom and the dominion of her home. By the time you went to elementary school, you realized that the principal has rule and the teacher has authority. And you began to realize the power of the most popular kid in school or the bully who ruled over the dominion of his playground, right? You began to see that by the time you're in elementary school there, the, the, the playground dominion is ruled by the prettiest little and meanest little girls on the planet. And you begin to see that, that life has these authorities, but not just that they're authorities. You begin to see that they're, they're everywhere. There's teachers and there's coaches. And then you begin to realize that there are military authorities and there are civil authorities. And, and then there are authorities who are the people who know the most about things, the authorities in any subject area. You begin to realize that, that bosses and owners have authority and people in positions of power have authority and, and they have dominion and they have rule. And you begin to realize that that's in, in areas like in families, it's in businesses, it's in nations and states and governments, and you begin to see that these powers are at work. But what you may not have realized is how enormously those powers have impacted your life. Because somebody sitting here today, tune in, because this is so important. I'm going to ask everybody to stay seated if you possibly can through the rest of this. It's that important. But listen, here we go. I want you to understand that the power and the authority and the rule of others in your life has impacted you greatly. Somebody here, a father has misused his power and he molested you when you were a child or maybe an uncle or a brother. Somebody here has a mother who, who used her authority over you and spoke things to you that no mother should ever say to their child. Somebody here has had a teacher or a coach uh, or, or somebody in a position that, that was respected that said something about you that basically said you're not enough, you'll never make it, that you aren't good enough. Somewhere along the line, some authority in your life has done something, spoken something, and sometimes it may not even be something intentionally said to bring you discouragement. It might be that the authority was the head of oncology at a cancer research center that gave you a diagnosis and said, this is what it means. But as soon as that authority spoke it, as soon as you began to receive it, you have taken within yourself this idea based on those authorities and those powers that are around you. And then there's another power at work, another, another rule and authority, power and dominion, and that's in your, your very own life, you personally have taken rule and authority, power and dominion over your own life. Kind of like in the poem Invictus, which means unconquered, um, William Henley wrote this. He said, I am, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. I'm in control here. And sometimes when other authorities haven't gone real well and you begin to rebel against authority, you become your own authority and you do your own thing and you do it your way and you do what you want to do. And as you gain authority over your own life and dominion over yourself, what the problem is is you do more harm to yourself than anybody else did. 
We're told by James that, that each one of us is tempted when by our own evil desires we're dragged away and enticed. And then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Every one of us know exactly what I'm talking about. That suddenly in all of my freedom, I find myself in bondage to myself and my junk. And soon I'm addicted or in debt or I'm, I'm, I'm just buried in guilt and shame. I'm at a place where the good things I want to do, I don't do. The bad things I don't want to do, these things I keep on doing. And pretty soon the person who says the worst things to you on the planet is yourself. You're the one who's telling yourself that you're no good. You're the one that's struggling. No matter how much arrogance you project to the world around you on the inside, you are your worst critic. And as you do that, and that power and dominion that you have over yourself actually keeps you in bondage and keeps you buried beneath guilt and shame and junk and mess to the point that you curse your own biology, the things over which you cannot even control you feel that now there's a dominion within me. It's my chromosomes. I, mean, I can't help the way I am. I am the way I am. I'm just like my daddy. I'm just like my mama. Ever since I was a kid, I've always been this way. And you know how it is. So many people in here are in that place where you have struggled with your own dominion. And you struggle with your own flesh, your own body, your own self. But you know what? There's another level that's even higher. And the highest level that you can get to in this world around us, how many people have ever noticed this? Who here besides me has ever noticed that there's something that isn't just the teacher, the coach, my parents, my friends, my wife, my husband, my, my kids? How many people have ever felt like there's something at work here that's above it all? And that which is at work above it all just seems to work within it in such a way almost as if it's bent on my destruction. Have you ever felt like, man, my spouse and I can just, we can say stuff and totally misunderstand each other. And before you know it, we're at each other's throats and just, it just feels crazy almost what happens around us. And, and how many of you have ever felt in your life like, like something was trying to undo you? I want to tell you the truth, that something has been trying to undo you. Just as there are authorities in the physical realm, there are authorities in the spiritual realm. And there are powers that work within the spiritual realm to the point that we're actually told by Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, he said that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He says it in this very book we're sharing from today. And so the reality is that if you've ever wondered why it is that I feel like something's working against me, I feel like I'm tempted in ways that don't really come from within me even. They seem to come from without, on the outside of me, and I just struggle. Well, you struggle because there's a very real battle going on, and those powers and those authorities are higher than even the powers and authorities on earth. So how many people are at the point now that you realize, well, now I see why. I feel powerless. Now I see why I feel so sense of hopelessness, like I can't get through. But remember this beautiful truth. Remember what he said. He said, I want you to know the incomparably great power, his incomparably great power for us who believe. And when he says that power is like the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, what does he say? Far above far above all rule and authority, power and dominion 
And every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the age to come, he's far above all of it. You see, if you have an authority, a teacher has authority, but the principal has authority over the teacher, and the, and the superintendent has authority over the principal. The sergeant has authority, but the colonel has authority over that, and, and then the general has authority over that, and the president has authority over that. If there's a higher authority, there's a higher word to be said, and there's someone else that's calling the shots here, and God's saying, don't you understand that I have raised my son Jesus to the highest place and given him the name that is above every name? Don't you realize the truth that what I've done is raised him up? And so he is not only higher than in his authority, every single power and authority on this earth, he's higher than all of those in the heavenly realms. So far above them that they are weak by comparison. And he has the authority over them to shut them up and to silence them and to send them where they belong. And God is saying to you, you need that power. Without that power, you will never overcome the stuff in your life. Do you understand what we're saying? If you don't have that power and that authority, if you're not at that place where he is above all that other stuff, then guess what? All those other things, what my daddy said, what the boss said, what my coach said, what, what all the people around me say, what the spiritual forces of evil are constantly impressing on my heart and my mind, those things are going to wreck you. You will be riddled with addiction. You'll be riddled with self-doubt. You'll be riddled with pain until you get hold of the fact that there is one above it all. And the one who is above it all is the one who desires to bring you out of the grave of your guilt and your shame and your mess and your brokenness and everything else. He wants to say to you, arise, my love. And so when he says he, he gave us, he, Jesus is far above all those things. He says, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the age to come. And you may be thinking, every name that is evoked, what in the invoked, what is he talking about? Um, it's so simple. Again, you've known it since you were a kid. How many people have ever said, Mommy said, Daddy said, a name that is invoked says, you ever been to the principal to get something and you've said, teacher sent me, right? By me, I'm, it was Miss Jones that sent me because I'm doing it by there. I'm invoking the name of one who has authority and position and power. And the one who has authority and position and power, if I invoke that name, then there's stability in that, Right? And, and the more, the higher that authority, the more power there is. Because if the general sent me, it doesn't matter what the sergeant said, right? So God's saying to you, he's saying, don't you understand that this authority is above every authority? Don't you understand that when the father said to the son on that Easter morning nearly 2,000 years ago, when he said, arise, my love, it did not matter what the authority of the Jewish religious leader said. It did not matter what Pilate, the Roman authority, said. It didn't matter what Satan himself said. What God said was the only thing that mattered, and it was finished. Do you understand? So listen to this. You've got to hear this. It's not just for then. I want to ask you the question, how about what he is saying to you? Because the reality is that what Jesus has authority over before he was ever crucified and resurrected, he had so much power and so much authority that the wind and the waves obeyed him. Withered limbs would straighten out. Blind eyes would see. Deaf ears would hear. 
Demons would tremble and flee. People who were wrecked by sin were brought into righteousness and holiness and everything became beautiful. And that was before he was raised to the place at the right hand of his father. And so he said to us before he left, he said, you're going to do even greater things than these because I'm going to the father. I'm going to a whole nother level of power and authority. So watch what I do. So as God says to you, as he says to you today, and he's saying it to you right now, as he's saying, arise, my love, out of your sickness. Arise out of your sickness. Arise out of your addiction. I never meant for you to be there. Arise out of your depression. Arise out of your loneliness. Arise out of your bitterness. Arise out of your brokenness. Arise out of your self-doubt. Arise out of your self-hatred. Arise out of all that. I want you to rise. I want you to arise because I'm carrying you to a whole different level. And if, if not, if, when, as he says to you, arise, my love, today. It does not matter what your daddy said. It doesn't matter what your mama said. It doesn't matter what your coach said or your teacher said or your boss said. It doesn't matter what your ex-husband or wife said. It does not matter what the devil himself says. Nothing matters except for what he says. And when he says it, it's done. And he's saying, as you hear me today, I want you to understand. And I want you to understand that it does not matter. If you're, if you're struggling with homosexuality, it does not matter what the, the president of the American Psychological Association says about your homosexuality. It's what God says about that. It's, about, it's what he says, not his condemnation of you, his hope for you. Of saying, look. I can transform and change and work in the life of any human being on the planet. Don't you believe what the kids said to you when they were picking on you when you were growing up, calling you gay, right? Stop believing what people have done and people have said and what the lie of the enemy has said. Start believing what God says is true. And if God says to you, arise, my love, if you've been in a wheelchair for the last decade, get up. It does not matter what has been said over you. It does not matter what your diagnosis is. It does not matter because he is above it all. He has command over every cell in your body. And so if he says, get up, get up. And don't you doubt for a second his power to do it. And so listen to this, guys. Listen to this as you think about as you think about the fact that God is going to, he's speaking to you right now. And as he's saying to you, I want you to rise out of, your, out of your alcoholism. I want you to arise out of the pain that you've been wrecked in your body. I want you to rise up out of the things that your compulsions to sin. I want you to rise out of your porn addiction. I want you to arise out of your arthritis. I want you to arise out of your genetic disability that has had you ripped for your whole life. When he says it, it doesn't matter what anybody said. It's what he says. And now here's the truth. The truth is, is that, that I can't tell you that he's going to tell you that. The truth is, is that, that I don't believe the Bible teaches that there's never a time that somebody's sick and God says, in my sovereign will, I'm going to let them walk in this sickness right now. I believe that the Bible teaches it from the beginning to the end. He's sovereign. And if he ever allows that, as he did in the life of Paul, whatever it was he was struggling with, when he begged the Lord three times to take it away from him, the Lord's response to him was to say, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
So listen, if you're begging God to take something away from you and God says to you, my grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in weakness. If God says to you, I've chosen to let you walk through this, then you believe it, but only believe it if he tells you that. Other than that, don't believe it. Other than that, if I don't care what the diagnosis is, don't care what anybody else says, you believe that God wants to, he has compassion on you and he loves you. And he, if he says to you, my grace is sufficient for you. You're going to walk in this. Guess what? He's still telling you to arise. He's saying, arise out of the doubt that you ever had that I love you and that I am for you. Arise out of your anger toward me for the fact that you're suffering. Arise out of the feeling like you can't be everything you were meant to be because of it. Arise out of all of that because I have greater purpose for you in it than I would with you out it or it wouldn't be there. Do you understand? And God's saying, arise. He's saying, as I tell you to arise, I want you to get up out of whatever it is that you're in. And now I said that I can't tell you if it's the will of God for you. There might be a person here. There might be one person in this room that God's just saying, I'm going to let you walk in this a little while longer. And I'm not, I'm not telling you to get up out of this sickness right now or, or whatever it is. And if he says that to you, you hear him. But otherwise, don't listen to a thing the enemy tells you. You get up out of whatever it is that has you held back. But I can tell you one thing without a shadow of a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, that is his will, and he is saying to you today, and that is this. Get up out of your sin. Stop living a powerless, weak, meaningless life. You are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're a person who believes in the power of his resurrection, know that that very same power that God exercise that he exerted when he raised his son from the dead and set him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above every rule and authority power and dominion this God says I've given you the power to stop doing what you're doing no you can't do it on your own but I'm giving you the power to get out of your sin and start living your life the way I called you to live it Peter wrote it this way in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. He says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. He's saying, I've given you everything you need. Come on. Get out of your addiction, get out of your bitterness, get out of your gossiping and lying and your racism, get out of your profanity, get out of your alcoholism, get out of your, your porn, get out of it. Get up, rise up and get out. I have given you the power to do it. And I'll tell you the other thing that I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, and that is that if you've never taken the step to rise up out of the death that you're in, because if you're in sin and you're not in a relationship with the God of heaven through his son Jesus Christ, you are... As, you are literally dead you are spiritually eternally headed for hell dead and what he said regarding this in this book of Ephesians right after the passage that we're sharing here in the second chapter the first seven verses he says this as for you you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air you remember those spiritual powers at work the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient all of us, all of us also lived among them at one time. The reason I can say you're a sinner is because I am and every single one of us are. And it's only by him and by his grace do we ever get out of that. 
And he says, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature or of our flesh. You remember, we're under control of, we're in dominion of our own lives and we're in control of our own flesh and it messes us up. All of us live there, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath, but because of his great love for us, because of his great love for us, here's the number one thing you need to hear. He has great love for you, great love for you, beyond your imagination, great love for you. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ. He wants you in that same place, far above every rule and authority, power and dominion. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressing his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. I just want to tell you, If you've never taken the step of just allowing him by his grace to save you from all sin and to come into your life and to become the Lord and the Savior of your life, I guarantee you it is his will. He has already said in his word that it's his will that everyone be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. He said that he doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's his will, no doubt about it. And the second thing I can tell you is true is today is your day. Because he says in his word, if you hear his voice today, don't you harden your heart as you did in the rebellion. He said, look, today is the day of salvation. Today is your day. Not tomorrow, not this afternoon, not let me go home and think about it. It's you had better today. If he says rise, you need to arise and rise out of that sin and into a new life. You know what? Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too can live brand new lives and that's what God wants for you. So here is where we are. As the praise team comes out, I want to tell you, that we're going to give you a chance to respond. You know how Jesus, the son, responded to his father saying, Arise, my love, and he came up and he came out of that tomb. We're going to give you a chance to respond to God saying to you today, Arise, my love. And your response to him is going to be this. As this song is sung this time, the first time we sang it, it was celebrating Jesus rising up, but this time it's going to celebrate you rising up. And so if God has already been speaking to you and he's been saying, arise out of your addiction, arise out of your depression, arise out of your debt, arise out of your materialism, arise out of of your, your pornography, arise out of whatever it is, you arise out of whatever sin it is, out of the sin of my greed, arise out of your loneliness, arise out of your brokenness, arise to whatever he's telling you, saying, get up because I want you to own a different plane than you've been on. And so if you're arising because you're leaving behind some kind of pain or you're rising because you're leaving behind some kind of sin or you are rising because you're leaving behind the death that you have been in and you are stepping into the life that God has given you, I'm going to invite you while this song is being sung as soon as you hear him saying to you, when, when, when you feel him saying in your heart, which you're already hearing it right now, that he wants you to arise, I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm going to invite you to stand even while they're singing Stand where you are, and then I'm going to encourage you to do something. Please tune into this. I'm going to encourage you to stand. I don't care if anybody else in this whole place stands. You stand. Because if you can't stand for him in here, you won't stand for him out there. And I can guarantee you one thing. 
I can guarantee you one thing. As soon as you stand, all the lower authorities and powers will immediately been, begin screaming to you that it's not real, that it didn't happen, that no, you are no good, no, you can't do it, no, you are still in your sin, no, you won't be able to beat this, right? And that's in the heavenly realms, and that's going to even be people in your own family and people in your own neighborhood and people around you will begin to speak that to you. So you're going to have to have the strength to say, I'm going to believe only one thing, and that's what the one who has authority over everyone and everything. He said, arise, and I'm rising. I don't care what anybody else says. Do you understand? And so I want you to, yeah, you can give God a hand for that. And so you rise, I don't care who else rises, it does not matter. You rise and you stand and you stay standing because at the end, we're going to pray a prayer that's going to rock your world. And we are going to, God is going to set you on a whole different way of living. But the other thing I want to say to you is this. This passage actually ends in verses 21 or 22 and 23 by saying this. And God placed all things under his feet, that is the feet of Jesus, and appointed him to be head over everything for his church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. I want to tell you this. If you, if you think that, that you standing up and rising means that, okay, starting today when I stand up and rise, everything's going to be great. No more problems, no more pain. Everything's good, you know? And, and, and all of a sudden I'll have nothing but happy thoughts about me and the world will be wonderful. <laughs> Here's the reality. Is that Jesus was raised to that place and given that authority and in that place and in that authority God said and I'm going to put the church under him and y'all church is a nasty word because it's been used in horrific ways it's been used for the crusades it's been used for power and manipulation it's been used to take people's money it's been used in all kinds of horrible ways but that's not the church I'm talking about I'm talking about the church that Jesus is speaking of is the gathering of a people who all love him and all love each other and are all broken people who are being brought out. So we mess up plenty. But we love each other and we walk with each other. And we begin to speak to each other what God says is true. And when one of us falls, we pick them up and we help move them on. And God just says, here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you to not only remain standing, but I want you to make a commitment. And that is that you'll stay in relationship with my church. Not an institution, but with my people who are going to love you and encourage you and walk with you. Because if you begin the healing today, people are going to need to listen and pray and share with you. If you're stepping out of sin today, you're going to need people who are going to hold your hand and encourage you and walk with you who have been where you've been. You're going to need his body. He said it's his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Your life will not be full if you don't stay connected with him in his body. Does that make sense? So God's saying, stay connected. If you're one of those people that attends church about once every, well, twice a year, or if you're a person who attends every month or two, here's the reality is, is you need to be in a C group, man. You need, to be, you need to be meeting with people. If you don't know what one is, stop out there in the Connect Center and get in one. But you need to be with relationships with people that you're sharing. You need to be with his people consistently. Okay? Now to the church. To anybody sitting here who says, man, all this is old news to me. I, I knew it all along. I want to ask you something. Would you be willing to hear God say to you today, you need to rise? Have you started a C group yet so that people who are stepping into freedom can have somebody to encourage them? 
Have you stepped into the prayer ministry yet so people who need praying over for healing can be prayed over? Have you stepped into a place where you're actually doing what the church is supposed to do because around you are going to be all kinds of people who are standing up who are looking forward to somebody loving them in the name of Jesus and being the hands and feet of Jesus, being the body of Christ to them. Are you going to step up, church? I'm just asking you, are you going to step up? The first people to stand in this place ought to be the church. And so I invite you as these guys lead us to arise. And you hear him say it. And you ever wondered how to know the voice of God? I want to tell you how you'll know it. Listen. His voice always speaks love. It always speaks hope. Even when he's saying to you, get out of your sin or you're going to die in it. It's not because he wants you to die in it. It's because he wants you out of it. and He wants you free from it. It will be a love and it'll be a hope. If something speaks to you in love and hope, then you stand. If something speaks condemnation, then it's not from him. We invite you to stand as he says, arise, whenever he does. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Christ United. If you'd like to respond to today's message, or if you want to share how God is using this ministry in your life, please send us an email to media at Christislove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at Christ United MB. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you.